are listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. This episode of the Traditional Outdoors Podcast is sponsored by Great Northern Bow Company. At Great Northern Bow Company, they design and build every bow with you in mind and with respect for the long and noble hunter-gatherer lineage we are all connected to. They build hunting bows, bows designed to make you the very best bow hunter you can be. How do they do it? By paying attention to what really matters in a bow. Stability, smoothness of draw, reliability, performance, refined design, and by using carefully selected materials. Their bows have an understated beauty and refinement of appearance that will make them hold their appeal for a lifetime. And they still build their bows one at a time by hand. So consider making your next custom bow a great northern bow. And in the meantime, be sure to check out their website at gnbco.com. Figure that all out. Part of the fun of figuring it all out. But take the good with the bads and understand what you're getting yourself into in the public land world. So, all right, I'm going to end this one there. Thanks for listening. And I will be back with another one next week. We'll talk to you later. Bye. So don't adjust your dial. Don't, uh, don't. Check your phone. This is the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. And yes, you were just listening to the tail end of one of Jason Samkoviak's episodes over at the Traditional Bow Hunting and Wilderness Podcast. I decided to, to try to do a, a recording. Um, I'm driving home from the expo. So I'm going I'm to do a Jason Samkoviak style uh, recording while I'm in my car. Hopefully the background noise is not too bad. I'm going to try to clean that up as much as I can. But if you're hearing this, I felt like it was good enough to go ahead and, and release it. Uh, I've got a, several things I'm going to touch on here. I may ramble a bit because I'm not used to doing this in my car. And uh, it's going to require a little bit of trying to be forward thinking as I'm going through this and, and sort of plan ahead what I want to talk about. Uh, and again, it's just not something I, I'm used to. So I am driving home. I've got, uh, well, I had 12 hours uh, in the car when I left. I'm, I'm down to about five, four and a half, five remaining. Um, I'm just on the uh, south side of Kentucky, not too far from the, the Tennessee line. So I'll, I will be home fairly soon. But the roads look fairly smooth right now. Uh, Road noise kept to a minimum, so I thought it would be a good time to try to do this. I'm going to spend the next, I don't know, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, hour, uh, talking about a, a few things. Uh, my mind, again, may tend to wander a little bit uh, as I'm going through some of this, but I do want to give uh, my thoughts, my reflections on the Traditional Archery Expo. This was my first one. I will preface uh, anything that I'm about to say with a couple of things. One, I do know some things uh, we're switched up a little bit this year. I can't use that as a reference because, again, it's the first time I've I've been. So uh, I'm just going to give you my thoughts on it. Again, some people may have some differing opinions on some of the things that have changed. Uh, also, I will just say I've, I've I've started learning, and I'll touch on this briefly when, uh, when I start talking about Jason Sam Kowiak again here at some point in this, but. You're always going to have critics. I don't care what you do. As soon as you try to put something out there in any way um, to to cater to the masses, there's always going to be critics. Uh, I could go down a whole 40 minutes just talking about 
that and why I think that is sometimes, but we'll leave that alone. So just again, these are my thoughts, my thoughts alone, uh, and my reflections uh, on the traditional archery uh, expo in Kalamazoo, Michigan for uh, the year 2020. So I drove up uh, Thursday, throughout the day on Thursday. Uh, it was a Again, I've gotten kind of used to the drive because I do drive up to Michigan at least once a year uh, each year. And again, depending on where I'm going, it's anywhere from nine and a half to in excess of 12 hours. This happened to be a 12-hour drive. Uh, pretty good weather. It was a little cloudy, overcast. There was a little bit of drizzling, light rain falling, but overall couldn't complain. Uh, stayed in a, a Fairfield Inn um, about seven or eight miles from the actual Expo Center. So had a little bit of a commute, commute back and forth, but... Uh, got there Thursday night, got a real good night's sleep, uh, got up the next morning, had some breakfast, and I guess I headed over to the expo around, I don't know, nine, not, let's just say nine o'clock. Doesn't really matter. Uh, found the, the expo. The first thing I will tell you as someone who had never been, I was a bit shocked. I won't say shocked. I was surprised at the size of the, uh, of the Expo Center. It was, I guess, bigger than I kind of had anticipated in my mind, understanding that most of the most of the shows that I've been to over the last 10 years or so are either uh, outdoors, so they're at, at state parks or, you know, that kind of thing, and they usually have a big tent, or maybe the vendors have all their own uh, multiple smaller tents set up. So this is really the first indoor traditional archery, traditional bow hunting uh, related event that I've that I've actually been to. So, uh, again, I was expecting it to be a little bit smaller than it was, which was again I think a good thing because I was going, you know, this is pretty cool if if this is going to be as packed out as everybody says. Bob Brum, in my opinion, um, did a great job. He, you could tell there was a lot of work uh, put into this. Uh, so I'm just going to say on the right of the right of the gates, Bob. Thank you for all you do. Um, I know you've been a supporter of the show. Uh, you've been supporter, you know, uh, supporting me from a string making perspective for quite some time now. And, and you know, I do appreciate all of that. But I will just have to say the expo, in my from my perception, was was just top notch. Looked like everything just ran like a well oiled machine. I mean, it just it really fantastic. So, and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, Bob met me pretty soon as I walked in, um, told me where uh, he was going to had a space set aside for me to set up a little booth, had a table. For anyone that, that didn't find me, uh, we were not on the main floor. Bob kind of gave me the choice of being on the main floor or, or being in one of the uh, uh, sections off to one side. I know it's where they used to have the used bows set up, uh, but the Michigan Longbow crowd was back there and... and I, everybody associated with that organization, I just thank the world of, and it just seemed appropriate for for us to set up uh, back there adjacent to them and haven't regretted it. We got to watch uh, kids pop balloons and shoot shoot bows throughout the, the event, which was really cool, uh, seeing everything that the MLA does to get, you know, bows in the hands of kids was just, it was fantastic to watch. They had so many volunteers over there. I can go through a list. I, um, some of the faces I didn't necessarily uh, know the names, but the ones that I can tell you off the top of my head, I know spent a good bit of time over there. Uh, Jamie Burkhead and his whole family was over there. 
Um, Stanley Van Leer and his wife spent a lot of time helping out at that booth. Uh, John Buchin, who is obviously the president, and his wife spent a good bit of time there. A uh, friend of the show, uh, Rob Jones, and we'll, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Rob here in a minute too, but Rob was there pretty much throughout the, the, the whole time I was there this weekend uh, helping with the kids. Uh, Floyd Wells, of course, and Caroline, um, you know, they, they spent the milk in their weekend. And I'm sure there's somebody I'm forgetting, but just, you know, my hat's off to that entire MLA crowd and, and, and again, what they do at these events um, at no charge. I mean, they're just doing it because they love the sport and they want to see um, new people get get involved in the sport. So, you know, just fantastic. So that that was great. It was great to just be sitting there the whole time and watching this. And, of course, they, they wandered over to our booth and chatted from time to time, had some really great conversations with just about everyone that was there. Uh, and inevitably we wandered over and, and talked to them, and they actually helped me out with some uh, markers and tape and just, you know, small stuff that I actually forgot to bring with me. Um, so just appreciate all you guys. Beyond that, you know, walking around on the main floor where all the, the vendor booths were set up, um, and there were some great vendors there, some great products on the floor. Uh, I actually had plans to do a special recording, and I'll talk about that in just a minute, um, that I, I didn't get to do, and that was really because everybody was just so busy on Saturday. There, I don't know what the the numbers for were for attendance, but it was packed. There were a lot of people. Uh, that came through the the vendor area uh, on Friday and even more on on Saturday. But here's what I'll tell you. And I was talking to uh, another individual that came by the booth. Um, won't mention the name just simply because uh, I really didn't mention to him that I'd be using his name on the podcast. But uh, we were talking about the the traditional community, and you know, I've hear I, I hear, and honestly, I can say that I have seen some some. The good and the bad within the, tra- the traditional community. Um, there are definitely some some things and some stances that I sometimes think people carry a little bit too far. And, you know, we have the people that don't like us love to call us elitists. All I'll say is, you know, I can see sometimes where that comes from. But when you when you spend time with people in this community, you quickly find they are the furthest thing from being elitists or or snobs or i mean it's it's really kind of ridiculous again saying that i can understand why some people may feel that way but if they feel that way i will just say i don't think you spend enough time with people in the traditional community that that's the only perception that you've gotten um you know i i can honestly say up until i really started uh getting involved and when i say involved i, I mean spending a lot of time with and around people in the traditional community. Um, I was one, I'm one of those guys that was, you know, I was brought up, men don't hug. <laughs> I know there's some people that's going to hear this and laugh at this because they, they know where this is going. But, you know, many years ago, a good friend of mine who's no longer with us, Andrew Harper, uh, you did not meet that man if he knew you, and sometimes if he didn't know you, you got a hug from that man. And it left an impression on me, and I know it left an impression on my good friend Tom because we've talked about this. Um, and I don't—I know it's not directly related to Andrew, but I think because of Andrew, I've really started paying more attention 
to it and probably trying to pass that that attitude, that mindset, that personality along. Everywhere I went, every person that I knew, every booth that I walked up to, somebody that I knew, it 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 starts, in most cases, there was one exception, it starts with a handshake that quickly becomes a hug. And that's men and women alike. The the person, the one person I will say is different than that is, and I love her to death, Tracy Belowski. You walk up to that woman, you're going to get a hug. There, there's not much of a handshake. She's just going to hug you and squeeze, squeeze your neck. That's, that's just the type of wonderful person she is. Um, but that, that just resonated with me as I was walking through, and it's, it's really all walks of life. That's, that's the way this community is. They will embrace you. They will take you in. Um, I know one individual that I know very well opened up his entire house. I don't know how many people came up uh, came up or came down for the expo that stayed with this man and his wife. And, again, I'm not going to mention his name, but um, just open his house up. You know, don't, don't, don't spend money on a hotel. Come stay with us. We'd love to have you. Um, their first night, uh, and I think this was kind of – uh, I may not be right here, but this was kind of headed up by the Belowskis from my perspective, David and Tracy Belowski from St. Joe River Bows. They did a, they coordinated a dinner for a bunch of us to get together Friday night after the expo closed. And I don't know how many people were there. Um, uh, I will mention some names here that were there cause I know none of them would mind. Uh, TJ Conrad was there. The two Belowskis were there. I didn't catch the gentleman's name, but there was a professional guy there that um, the Belowskis and Rob Jones and Tom Jorgensen have hunted with in Africa. He was there. Tom Jorgensen was in attendance, myself and Nick. Uh, Rob Jones, of course. Uh, uh, John Bushin and his wife. Uh, John Mudry. Anyway, there was a lot of people, and it was a rambunctious crowd. And I said I'd, I'd get back to, to Rob Jones in a minute, and I will. But uh, we had a great dinner. Like I said, just, you know, you, you feel like no matter where you go, you feel like you're with family, and that's a big deal. Uh, you know, again, people, uh, I oftentimes have people come up and, and ask me or say something about the podcast name Traditional Outdoors, um, and, and I think they're, they're sometimes they're a bit puzzled because they know we're traditional bow hunters, and we know we have traditional in the name of the podcast but it's outdoors as opposed to traditional bow hunting or, or whatever. Um, and I know, and they know we talk about things outside of bow hunting. We fly fishing, the, you know, uh, we've had black powder guys on. I mean, we, we've kind of spread the gamut, but again, it comes back to that whole traditional is more of a, it's more of a mindset. It's an attitude. It's a way of life. And again, at the expo and most of these shows that I've been to, it's demonstrated to you left and right. You just, you have to open your eyes and and see it and and be a part of it, and it's it's truly amazing. It it's just truly amazing. Um, but a couple things that I would bring up about uh, a few vendors, uh, David and Tracy, and I think uh, Nick even did a little video and and posted it online. Um, they were there, fantastic bows, and I think I think the world of both of those two outside of. Uh, the product and and the other things that they do within the community. Uh, again, I just I love them to death, and I think the world of them. But they have released uh, a new youth bow, so that was that was one thing. Check out the 
traditional outdoors community on Facebook. And I'm going to be working with Nick. I think he uploaded YouTube, so I'm going to try to share it on the uh, traditional outdoors website as well. But uh, that was a piece of news that they had. Uh, uh, I think that's the only new offering they've got right now. But, you know, from just judging from watching people trickle by their booth and people that we're talking to and shooting their bows, um, you know, they just have a phenomenal product and people just, they love their product and they love them. So hats off to those two. Um, spent a little bit of time talking to Drew with Selway. Um I mentioned that I, I was going to do a, a, a podcast that I just couldn't get to while I was at the show, and I'll, I'll touch on that real briefly. Uh, my plan was I was actually going to go around and spend about five or ten minutes with five to six different vendors uh, on Saturday, get their, get their thoughts on the show, um, any takeaways that they had, any new products they wanted to talk about, and just really ran out of time, coupled with the fact that everybody was so busy I really just hated to take them away from their customers. So uh, I ended up deciding not to do that. So I apologize to you as I've apologized to them. But uh, a few of these we're going to try to circle up with. Uh, Drew with Selway Quivers is definitely one of them. So uh, be, be watching out and listening for him to be on the show sometime in the very near future. We, we don't have a, say, a date set, uh, but we will be, we will be doing that. Uh, I've talked to Drew on the phone several times. Um, he actually even made a quiver for traditional outdoors with our old logo. Um, so, you know, I, I thought about having him on the show and it's just never worked out, but we're definitely going to do that. And we're, we've definitely got that coming. Uh, Greg Coffey spent a good bit of time talking to him from Java Man. Um, he had people in and out of his booth all day. I was going to, he was another one that I was going to try to circle up and we may, we may try to get him back on the show again in the future to talk about anything that he may have coming uh, real soon. Again, just a great guy. Uh, Compton's Traditional Bow Hunters was there, of course, as well as PBS. Spent a good bit of time talking to um, Ethan Roderick. I had not had a chance to meet him. Just a, you know, a great individual. Really enjoyed talking to him. He was he was planning on doing some podcast recordings there, as was uh, myself. And you know, whenever he was going to use the little room that we had set aside to record him, he'd always make sure to find me and make sure he wasn't you know, stepping on my toes and vice versa. Uh, anyway, great guy. If you ever get a chance to, to have a conversation with, with Ethan, I highly recommend it. I have to say it. I told Ethan this. I was very disappointed in Mr. Rob Petuto, and I might have to reach out and give him a call that, that he didn't make the trip down. I'd love to have met him and, and, and shaken his hand, but I'm sure he had, uh, I'm sure he had reasons why he couldn't attend. Maybe I'll catch him at the, at the next venue. Uh, I stated Compton's. I will mention uh, David Tracy actually put together a, a David Hewitt commemorative bow uh, in honor of David Hewitt. I was honored to have them reach out to me to ask me if I would make the string for that bow, which I did. Uh, that bow was on display, and I got to go by and see that and handle that bow, which um, I'd gotten to be really good friends with, with Dave Hewitt over the years, and it was really cool to see that. Um, I must admit it was a bit emotional looking at the bow, knowing its purpose and, and remembering Dave, but he would be, he would be very proud of it. Um, so I know that, I think the plan for that is to auction that off at, um, at, at the rendezvous. I don't know the exact details. If I can track those down, I'll include those, uh, in a future episode for everybody. Oh, who else? Um, Chad Weaver, um, BCY Strings had a 
great time talking to him. I let a little bit out of the bag on uh, that, that we did. I did sit down uh, with, with Chad and recorded an episode uh, for the podcast at the expo. So that will be coming in a, in a few weeks. So keep your eyes out for that. Um, Ryan Tucker and uh, Neil Summers actually sat down and recorded a session with them. So I don't want to take too much away for that, but you know, I met Ryan uh, several years ago at the Compton's Rendezvous. We had known each other online for a little bit of time before that, but not all that well. And just as soon as I met him, just a fantastic guy. You just you can't help but like him as soon as you shake your hand. And uh, I've gotten to be you know good friends with him and his buddy Neil. Uh, Neil has launched a a new adventure. Well, I say launched. He's I found out he sort of relaunched it. It's been around for a while, but he's committed that. Now that he's, his kid's getting a little older and he's got a little bit more time, um, he's really going to be focused on this. It's a, uh, a website and so forth that he's producing called Chasing It. Uh, there's more in the podcast. We sat down with Ryan and Neil and recorded a session with them. So that'll be coming in a week or two. Uh, so you'll really want to catch that one and listen for that because I'm really excited about what Neil has planned and, and think it's a really cool take with um, on the traditional journey uh, with using the you know the most current medium and and what everybody is is looking to consume these days, which should appeal to uh, old and young alike. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, so those two just you know great guys. I'm trying to think who else. I know I'm going to forget somebody. I stopped by and spoke with South Cox for a little bit. Stalker Stickbows hadn't had a chance to talk to him in the past other than over the phone. He's another one that we were going to do that try to do that 10 or 15 minutes with and. It just didn't work out, but I would love to talk to South. I've talked to him in the past about being on the show, uh, so I think I'll, you know, I'll be reaching back out to him and try to get something like that scheduled down, down the road. Um, anyway, there's just so more I could I could keep going. Oh, David Darling, I'm forgetting uh, Kalamazoo Bowworks, the Kilted Boyer. You know, David is fantastic. I actually got to see uh, the bow that he put together for Ryan Tucker, who actually won the giveaway that that we did with in conjunction with uh david darling a, a few months back gorgeous bow couldn't have gone to a nicer guy um david ended up i i was doing a string building class if anyone didn't know about this uh the end of the day yesterday so i had all my string uh making equipment with me and david reached out to me on friday and said if you don't mind i need three strings can you you know is there any way you can make them for me you know while you're here at the show so of course, I told him absolutely, and I went back and twisted those up for him uh, 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 kind of quiet time during the day on Saturday. So got to hang out with David and his crew a bunch. Um, you'll, guys, you'll have to forgive me. I haven't tracked everybody's name down yet, but uh, that whole crew, again, just a great bunch of guys. Uh, Bob Mayo spent a good bit of time talking to Bob, Ace Broadheads. And, again, the list could go on and on. I'd love to touch on every one of them, but I think it would probably run – uh, over time, uh, so if I, I just haven't thought about your name or, or mentioned that we, we had a chance to talk, I do apologize. But, uh, you know, just a great, great, great bunch of people. Um, I, I look up into it and admire so many of you. Uh, and if any of you ever, for any reason, would love to be on the podcast or are willing to be on the podcast, please reach out to me. Uh, we will We will make, we will find the time. And we will work with you to get the technology in your hands to make it a quality recording that you'll be proud of. Uh, and we'd love, you know, if we hadn't already talked to you, we'd love to talk to any of you. So please do not hesitate to reach out to us. 
Um, I want to talk about Jason uh, Samkowiak just a little bit more. Uh, let me check my time here and see how I'm doing because I don't want this thing to run too long. But I did want to mention a couple other things. We we have been trying to figure out a way uh, to record with David and Tracy Belowski uh, about their uh, Africa hunt last year. Um, I think we now have a plan. We were going to try to work that in while we were at the expo. And, you know, that just didn't really, uh, again, for various reasons, it didn't pan out. Uh, I found out by the end of the day why most people just want to eat and, and relax. It's it's a full day. You're you're running nonstop. Um, so we, we I didn't feel like taking them away from their booth, and they really couldn't leave their booth during the day. Um, and by the end of the day, everybody was just too tired. And I, I mentioned trying to do it early in the morning before, and the look I got from Tracy let me know real quick. That was not in the cards. So, but we do have a plan. We're going to make that happen. Uh, I mentioned our, our good friend Rob Jones. Uh, we're going to get Rob into an episode very soon. I think it's going to be a part of that one. Uh, Rob took a little bit of, little bit of. It's become a little bit of a joke uh, because we, we've mentioned Rob Jones, aka Bob Bones, in the show, you know, numerous times, but he hasn't made it on the show yet. Um, we just, we just haven't gotten to it. But because of that, it, I don't, and I don't even know where it started. I think it may have been John Buchine that started ribbing Rob a little bit about, you know, these are the reasons why you haven't been on the podcast. We were having a lot of fun at the at the dinner table. Uh, and it turned into about, I would say, about a seven to ten minute ribbing or roasting uh, of Rob about not being on the podcast. And we are going to remedy that. So I think I told you yesterday, buddy, I know you're listening to this. Uh, we're going to get you on the show and and I can't wait. I can't wait for it to be perfectly honest. But I think that will be part of that uh, conversation with Dave and Tracy because Rob did did go to Africa with them. They all experienced success. They had a fantastic trip, uh, and we we honestly just can't take can't uh, wait to to have that conversation with them. Uh, most likely, what's probably going to happen is Nick's probably going to try to sit down and record that one with them solo which will be a little bit of a different take than what we normally do it'll completely hand the reins over to nick god help us and we'll see how he we'll see how he how he takes that uh takes that journey with david tracy and rob uh, and then i may record a quick intro of that one and then we'll uh, get it back out to you so that's another one that's coming um so that's pretty much a, my recap of the expo. Um, we did have the string building class. I had uh, four gentlemen. I do remember um, Bruce, and I can't tell you why I remember Bruce's name. I'm not looking at my phone, so I don't have all the names in front of me. Um, but it, it turned out to be a great class. We ended up with uh, four strings that, that any of them could have used and shot on their bow. Two of them ended up just being a little bit too short. Um, uh, not sure exactly what happened there. I tried to tried to monitor everything as best I could, but uh, two of them definitely left with strings that they're going to be shooting. Two of the guys had had usable functional strings, but they again just ended up too short. So as I told all four of those guys, uh, I'm going to be making them a string um, to their specifications, and I'll just be mailing that out to them, and they can keep the string that they made as a backup or whatever. But I want them all to have a a good quality string for for the money that they spent for the class. Also, one gentleman, um, if you're listening to this, then you know who you are, did not show up, had prepaid. 
Um, so I will track that, that individual down. But if you're hearing this and you haven't heard from me, shoot me an email. I will also get your uh, bow specs and what you would like in a string, and I will make you up a string and drop it in the mail to you uh, so you get a string out of the, the prepayment that you made for the class. Uh, but had a really good time with those guys. It's, it was my first attempt at trying to teach someone how to do uh, something that I've pretty much gotten to the point where I can do with my eyes closed now. And it was a bit of an eye-opening experience for me, I must admit. It was a lot harder to try to tell somebody else how to do something than it is do it yourself. But I was proud of each one of them. They, they stuck with it. They were asking really good questions. Um, and, and it was, it was really nice to see, uh, the guys end up with a, a string, a, a nice looking string that they could, that they could shoot. Not sure if I'll do them again. I, I haven't decided yet. It's, I don't know. I, 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 I like, I like, educating and teaching people but that's that's one thing that's just a little i don't know it's a little meticulous i i haven't decided yet other than the time i spent talking to the gentleman i don't know that i really enjoy trying to teach how to do that all that much um i don't know i may i may try to do a few youtube videos in the future and see how that pans out and maybe by doing that i'll get a little bit more comfortable with how to walk people through uh the way i actually build my bowstrings uh, only time will tell so Jason Samkowiak, um, I got a text last week from Jason, uh, just out of, which he does on occasion. He'll just randomly send me a text, only this one was really exciting because the text that, that came through on my phone when I looked at it was Jason in front of a really nice size uh, wild pig, which, and I was pretty confident, judged by the surroundings of the picture, that he had taken that, that in Georgia. Uh, I was able to confirm with him um, this weekend that it was indeed taken in Georgia. And uh, I'm actually going to uh, sit down with, with Jason in a, probably in a couple of weeks and not sure exactly how we're going to do this. We're either going to uh, record an episode with, with Jason on the Traditional Outdoors podcast and simultaneously share it as an episode on uh, the traditional bow hunting and wilderness podcast, or maybe we'll do two separate episodes and uh, we'll talk about something completely different and I'll be on his show. We're, we don't know yet, but we're definitely going to do that and that's coming because uh, as many of you know that follow the show, uh, both myself, Tom, and I don't even know what the number is up to now. There's a lot of people from Michigan heading south at the end of February uh, to chase hogs on public land for the most part in Georgia. Um, it's our historic, uh, we have a hunt we do every year called Camp Hambush. Uh, pretty sure Doug Gilmore and Rick Butler are the founders of that feast and have been doing it for many years. I've been a part of it for four or five years now. Uh, historically, we've done that in South Carolina on a piece of private property. And this year we're going to mix things up a bit and we're, we're heading, uh, further south, uh, into Georgia, um, middle to southern part of Georgia, hunting public land. We are going to mix in a little bit of private land uh, via Jerry Russell, who's going to uh, take a few of the, the hunters out, let them hunt from a stand, and then a few of us may actually get together and do a, a bit of night stalking for hogs as well. So I'm really excited about that. But as a precursor to that hunt, we're going to get Jason talk on the show and, and talk about his recent uh, adventures and ultimately his success for wild hogs in Georgia. So that should be uh, really good information for anyone thinking about doing that. And then, of course, I'll be following up with one 
after our hunt in February as well. And Tom most likely will be participating in that one. So we'll have some additional perspectives. Again, if it's something you're, you're thinking about doing, uh, we're going to try to give you a lot more information about where to go, uh, when you can go, when you can't hunt hogs, those kind of things on public land. And we'll see how those turns out. But as you were listening at the beginning of this, I've been listening to nothing but podcasts for um, most of my now. Let's see, where am I at right now? I'm at um, 20, 22, 23 hours I've spent on the road um, the last, well, over the past few days. And I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, uh, most of them hunting related. Uh, Jason's, of course, one of them. I've gotten really behind on Jason's podcasts. Um, been listening to a few outside of the hunting realm as well but that's pretty much all i listen to when i'm driving now is podcast so uh if if you've got any content out that you've mentioned us in the last uh few months uh i've either heard it during this drive or i will hear it before i get home but uh it's always good to spend a little bit of time behind the wheel and actually get caught up on those podcasts but I was listening to a lot of Jason's and several things came through my mind. So I'm going to spend the last, I don't know, 10 minutes or so here uh, rambling on about uh, Jason. And knowing Jason the way I do, um, he's probably going to get a little blushed in the face hearing some of this. But, you know, I have to, I just have to commend Jason. You know, Jason was kind of a pioneer in this whole podcasting thing and whether, whether a lot of people that's in the, especially in the hunting or the bow hunting um realm of this this fascination of podcasts it's just uh you know there's so many great podcasts out there right now nick and i were talking about this some at the expo but you know jason was kind of the first he's been doing it longer than anybody that that i can even think of i think his last episode released was episode 352 I mean, even if you're doing one a week you got to think how long he's been doing this and even today, most of us that's doing this, we're just what my father would call babes in the woods. We, we're still finding our way around, and Jason has been doing it for so long. Um, and, you know, he's never asked for a dime that I'm aware of from anybody. Uh, he doesn't take sponsors. I think, at, you know, at one time he may have flirted around with that notion, but if it if he did, it was very short-lived, so he he doesn't get sponsorship. That's That's just coming out of his pocket. And, you know, I've looked over some of the comments that people have left on this podcast. I, I think Jason's probably at the point now where he, I doubt he even looks at him anymore. He's, he's going to do his thing, and he knows he's helping some, and he knows that there's some that, again, as I said early on in this podcast, you're just going to have critics. I don't care what you do. You're always going to have somebody that just doesn't find something to, to pick at, to poke at, to, you know, to try to tear you down and, you got to think about, you know, I don't know what Jason spends on the podcast. I I know I know what it's cost. It costs me every month. I know what the equipment costs, and he stuck with it, and he stuck with it despite the fact that you know he deals with negativity from some people, and you know Jason's going to tell it how it is, and when you do that, and he, he at least tell it how it is from his perspective. You know, he and I have talked a time or two about things that we didn't agree on, but we did it cordially and professionally, and we walked away from it not thinking any less of the other one. We just had a conversation about it. 
But, you know, Jason has some things that, that he feels very strongly about, and I admire him for it because he throws it out there for everyone to hear, and some people don't like it. And, you know, that's okay. I, 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 don't, think, I don't think he's trying to offend anyone. He's just saying, this is how I feel, and you take it or leave it. you got to admire the guy for that. Um, I know I do, and I know there's a lot of other people out here that's doing this kind of thing that, that again, just – you don't realize how much you owe to Jason for what he's done over at Traditional Bowhunting and Wilderness Podcast. Um, what he does now with all the YouTube videos. Again, that's free content. It doesn't cost you a dime. I've got to get back on doing the videos. I actually took a, a hiatus from it because it is even more work than the podcast. Um, so I guess maybe I appreciate it more than some, but so much content, so much information, so much and forget the forget the things that Jason is putting out for you that and all the money that he spent learning the hard lessons that he's now trying to share to prevent you from learning those hard lessons and spending the money needlessly to get to the same point where he's at. I you know, I, I honestly don't know how much money you could potentially save just by listening to Jason and avoiding the pitfalls that so many of us have to learn the hard way and he's learned it. He's done it and he'll give you the information, good, bad, or indifferent. And he'll even tell you when he thinks it's opinion based and when opinions might vary. You can't beat that kind of information and you sure can't beat it for free. Uh, And one of the things that he mentioned on a recent episode and what's kind of led me down this little rabbit trail here is, you know, he has his, his bow hunting course, um, which I have been putting off and putting off buying more so out of just, I know once I do it, I'm going to spend time that I might not really have or time I should be sleeping, listening to and watching these videos. Cause I know everybody, I don't care what your, your level of, of skill or, or experience is, you're going to learn something from this course. And I know I'm going to spend time sitting in front of the computer when I should be doing other things. But after listening to a comment I heard today, I, I, I stopped to, to get gas, and while I was pumping gas, I went out and bought that course on my phone. Um, but the comment he got was somebody had, had sent him a message, or I don't know if it was an email or a message or what, but uh, basically chastised Jason because he was charging money for this whitetail course when he should be sharing that information with everybody. And... You know, as soon as I heard that, and I, I won't, I won't word for word say what Jason said, but he was spot on. The fact that the fact that you could find that to complain about, and then in the same sentence tell him how much you appreciate the free stuff that he does, and he needs to be doing more than that. You know, where 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 do you come up with the the stones to do something like that? You're, using, you're taking advantage of all the free material. You love the free content. You love what he's putting out there. And then begrudge the guy for trying to take his experience. Forget the fact that he has to go out, carry camera gear, set up camera gear. Think about camera angles. Try to get on camera what he can see in his eyes that doesn't necessarily translate well to uh, a video medium. Editing this stuff, uploading the course, uh, editing, putting together the, the, the words that are, that he has to use to explain what he's trying to, to communicate. I mean, 
forget the fact that the information is is worth what the cost of the course for. Seriously, seventy five bucks for what he's charging for this thing is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous when you think about the amount of time that he puts into to creating this content. Again, forget about the trial and error that he's gone through to learn this and the time that that took and begrudging somebody for trying to recuperate the money to produce the content is ludicrous. It's insane. Jason went almost that far, but I will come out and say it. You've got to be kidding me. The fact that you would even take the time to reach out to somebody and and have have the nerve to say that is absolutely ridiculous. Why look a gift horse in the mouth? That's all I will say. Why look a gift horse in the mouth? You're going to take advantage of all the free content, belittle the man for trying to recuperate the cost to produce additional content, and then in the same breath tell him he needs to do more of the free stuff. When the man is releasing at least one podcast a week and at least one video, and I think most weeks he does two videos a week, that's free, get out of here with that. That, It's just ridiculous. And you will never find a more down-to-earth, humble, and willing-to-help individual than Jason Samkoviak. So, Jason, my hat's off to you. Anybody listening to this, if you listen to Jason's show, if you appreciate what he does, I'm not going to tell you to go buy the, 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 the hunting series, but I would tell you just to consider it. Um, even if you never watch a video, 70 bucks to, to support the man that has produced hours upon hours of content that there's no charge for it. You can go back and research it. You can find it. You can do searches. So you, you only find the information you need and it's a hundred percent free. Jason, I'll just come out and say thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything you've done. Yes, I consider you a friend, but even if I didn't, the value in what you've done for the community, thank you. And and so many others, that's all you need to be doing is saying thank you. And if you can support the man, support the man. That was a long rant, but listening to that when Jason was relating it on the podcast just really... I mean, it, it, it struck a nerve. Um, it, it struck a nerve because I know what that feels like. Um, we, we all are. Anybody that puts yourself out there to, to bring people this kind of this content, you're always going to have the, the negative Nancys. And, yes, I use the word negative Nancy on purpose that are going to come out and criticize you and try to tear you down. And most of the time it's just because they're jealous that they – they didn't do anything themselves so the best thing that they can do is is try to tear somebody else down um i hope jason keeps doing what he's doing for many years to come um if he decided not to tomorrow i would completely understand why uh dealing with stuff like that but you know what he does he continues to do it and he does it with a smile and i've never talked to jason that he wasn't in just the best mood and how the man gets everything he gets done and still manages to get any sleep whatsoever is a natural phenomenon. So, again, my hat's off to you, brother. So, you know what? I'm going to stop there. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you enjoyed the recap. If you've never been to the Traditional Archery Expo in Kalamazoo, I strongly recommend it. Um, It's one of those things where I don't think I can do it every year. I do think I'm going to try to do it every other year. 
So I probably won't see you next year, but maybe in, you know, 2022 I'll see you. Uh, I really, I mentioned I enjoy uh, and love the MLA family, Michigan Longbow Association, uh, and I do try to attend their uh, winter banquet, which also takes place in February every year. So I think going forward I'm going to try to do uh, alternate years so I can attend the banquet one year and attend the expo the next year. Uh, but if you've never done it, you owe it to yourself to, to just go see this at least once. Um, it's, you know, for somebody that had never seen it before, it's, it's, it's a bit awe inspiring. It's, it's big, it's huge. It's filled with like-minded people, um, and just a great group of people. I wished I could have met so many more of you. Um, we had a, you know, we had a pretty good stream of people that came by the booth and talked to us and told us how much they love the show. Thank you to each and every one of you that took the time to do that to everyone that bought a shirt. Thank you so much to every one of you that does that. That, you know, helps us, uh, gives you a little something that you can wear, hopefully with pride. And at the same time, it, it helps us, you know, cover the cost of hosting and teleconferencing and the equipment. Uh, so we really, really appreciate each and every one of you. And we're going to be continuing to work to bring you good content. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. Uh, we hope you'll keep listening to us. And for now, I'm going to sign off of this. Look for uh, another exciting episode next week. And hopefully you'll, uh, we'll get those episodes that we recorded at the Expo out to you in the next couple of weeks. So take care, everyone. Look forward to talking to you again real soon. Bye, all.